How are y'all doing? All right. That was enthusiastic. Uh, I want to let you know that uh, I am so excited about what God is doing. Um, if you frequent our website, which some of you do, um, there is a new article on there about all the stuff that God is doing in our midst as far as overseas, as far as people being sent to go overseas. And it is so cool. Because uh, if you remember, about five months ago, we talked about what a true disciple looked like. And we talked about what Jesus wanted from all of us. That Jesus evangelized, Jesus established, Jesus equipped. And then, anybody remember the last one? Jesus sent, Jesus extended into other cultures. And there's quite a few of you who took that seriously and quite a few of you who are going overseas this summer, either for a week, for a month, for the whole summer, and that is awesome. I'm so pumped about that. Uh, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'll curb my enthusiasm for a little bit, and we will open up God's word together. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we recognize that you are God, that there is none other. Father, we thank you that you initiated the plan of redemption through Jesus to bring us back to you. We thank you that Jesus absorbed our wrath, that the one who knew no sin became sin so that we could be the righteousness of God. Father, we thank you for that. We are in awe. We are amazed at that. And Father, I'm so thankful that as we have been looking at the gospel, as we have been talking about the gospel, Lord, that you are bringing many from death to life, that you are changing the eternal destiny of people that are in this room, people that are outside of our community that are now being infected with the good news of the gospel. Lord, we are so grateful for that, but Lord, we ask that you would do so much more. As we open your word tonight, Lord, we ask that you would speak through the word, through the Holy Spirit. You know hearts, you know what's going on in lives, and Lord, you know how to take the word of God and pack a punch where a punch is needed and how to give a nice pat on the back when a pat on the back is needed, and how to pull people out of the miry clay when that's needed. So Lord, I ask that you would do your thing, and we will give you all glory and all praise. Use me, your servant, crucify everything that's not of you in me right now, my personality, my long-windedness. Lord, we ask that you would rule and reign in this room tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so... What have we been talking about for the last 12 weeks? Starts with a G, ends with an L. The gospel. Anybody want to take a stab at what is the gospel? By the way, parentheses here. Uh, the last time that we were together in this big meeting where we were talking to each other, I was so impressed when I walked away. It was, it was the first time where we walked away, it was like, Man, they were really engaged. We had a lot of conversation. We had a lot of discussion on, the, on God's word. So let's go back to that where I ask a question. We're in a small enough environment where, man, speak up. Tell us what's going on, okay? What is the gospel? Anybody? Jesus. The story of Jesus. What about him? Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. What were you saying? You said it. Romans 1, 16 and 17. It's the power of God to salvation for all who believe. To the Jew first and then the Greek. Anything else? What's the, why do we need the gospel? What's the problem? We're messed up. Okay, we're messed up, and we call that sin. Not just like, oh, I sin occasionally, but the cancer of sin has infected every part of who I am, right? Totally infected every part of who I am. And so me being in sin could not do anything about it, so what had to happen? Sacrifice. What kind of sacrifice, Nairi? Blood sacrifice, perfect sacrifice. I'm not perfect, Jesus is perfect. Jesus on the cross, we talked about 
the betrayal. We talked about the cross. We talked about the cross, the pain, the agony, how Jesus bore my sin, your sin, in his body. But was that the end of the gospel, which is the good news? Is that the end of it? No? What's next? What? He rose from the dead. Why is that a big deal? Not a whole lot of people do that, first of all. And fulfilled scripture. Jesus is God. Death could not hold him. It could not conquer him. In fact, he was victorious over death. Victorious over death and sin. There is now a way for sinner to be made clean. Hallelujah. The gospel. Did he stay here? Is he still hanging out on planet earth? Figuratively? No. Where'd he go? Yeah. And? Said the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's a little crazy, Beth. We don't want to get off into that. Now, okay. Good review. Let's jump forward, though. We've been in the so what of the gospel. Some of you have grown up in the church. You've heard the gospel. You've done the felt board Jesus. You can do the Cube. You've done EE. You've done all of those things. You know the gospel. But what difference does it make for us today as 18 to 35-year-olds in a pretty metropolitan area where everybody says that they know the gospel? What difference does the gospel make? Let, let's put it there. And what difference does the gospel make in my life today as I deal with sin still, as I still live in a fallen world, what difference does the gospel make? That's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. For example, let's say, you know, I know the gospel, but I still feel so alone. I still feel so alone when I'm combating sin. I still feel like I just can't do it. There's something missing. Anybody ever felt like that before? Just alone in the struggle. Yeah. There's got to be something more. There's got to be something more than what I see around me and people that profess the name of Christ, and then I look at the Word of God, there's got to be something different. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. All right? If you have your Bibles, which you should, uh, turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 for me, please. Uh, just a word of caution for you. We are going to jump around like crazy tonight in God's Word. Some of them will be up on the screen. Others of them, I'll tell you to turn to them, okay? John chapter 1. This is where we've been for a while. We've talked about this. We've talked about the gospel. And this is what it looks like, okay? Look at verse 12 for me. John 1, verse 12. This is what happens when you become a believer. This is the so what of the gospel, okay? John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him... Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become what? Children or sons of God. He gave them that ability. He gave them that, um, what's another word for ability? Now, they couldn't before, now they can become children of God. To as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. He explains it even to those who believe in his name. You remember a couple weeks ago when we talked about belief? Is belief just this? Anybody remember what belief is? Everybody give Randy a good game. Good game, Randy. Nice. Okay, well, no, not really. Okay, belief, belief that leads to Surrender first, that leads to actions that represent the belief. We've talked about repentance. Remember the flip? I used to be this, now I'm this. Remember that? We've talked about repentance, that leads to belief. 
But okay, I get it. I, I repented, I believe, but there's still something missing. Look at what it keeps saying. Verse 13, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of what? Blood, not of the will of man and yeah, I got those confused, but of God. Not born of blood, not born of flesh, not born of the will of man, but born how? Okay, so there's this tension between belief and how were they born? God. God birthed them. They believed, but God also birthed them. Was it someone saying, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, or I I know this, I should just do this, I'm going to just do this. Is that what this looks like? That sounds like will of man. That sounds like I'm going to try harder to become a believer. Man, I messed up. I'm going to try harder. Is that what this says here? As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Let's look at how Paul says this in Colossians. You don't have to turn there. We'll look at it together. It's up on the screen. This is the New King James Version. I usually use the NAS but I like how this one says it. Giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us. In John, it's he gave us the right. Giving thanks to God the Father who's qualified us for what? Yeah. To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us from what? The power of darkness. So there's this divide right here, okay? Here's the room, there's a divide. Over here is the power of darkness. Sorry for y'all, you're the power of darkness. God has delivered us from the domain or power of darkness, and what's he done? He delivered, he conveyed, any other translations if you have it, turn there. He's transferred us. He's, anybody seen a conveyor belt? He's conveyored us from here and what's over here. The kingdom of what? His son. Look at what else it says. The kingdom of the son of his love in whom, in Jesus, we have redemption. What's redemption? We have been bought out the forgiveness of sins. Right on. Not just that that you've been forgiven, but you are righteous. Not just, well, you're a sinner, but mm, I'll forgive you of your sins. That much more, he says, you're now righteous. I'm crediting righteousness to your account based on belief. That's awesome. Okay, so John says it, Colossians says it, transferred, conveyed. Look at what else it says. One more, and this is where we're going to kind of camp out tonight. Look at what Romans 8 says. I love Romans 8. I love Romans 6, 7, and 8. Look at what it says. The Spirit... Beth, back to you, the Spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. What's he bear witness of? That we are children of God. And if we're children, what else? Heirs also. Not only just heirs, but heirs with Christ. Fellow heirs with Christ. Okay, so what's this verse mean? If Jesus has saved us, we have repented, we believe, we're there. What's this verse say? His inheritance is ours also. And what proof of life do we have? The Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit do? It bears witness that we are children of God. 
The Holy Spirit comes, takes residence inside of us. We're the tent, and it bears witness. What's it mean to bear witness? Testify. It shows the proof. You are a child of God. The Spirit inside, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. Look at the fruit that's coming out. You are a child of God. The Spirit himself testifies. Well, what in the world? So far, we've looked at God, what he's done in the gospel. Holy, sovereign, righteous God. We've looked at what Jesus has done, a part of the gospel. The sinless sin bearer who has absorbed my wrath. But we haven't really even talked about the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan calls him the forgotten God. Other authors call him the silent God. But look, let's look together at what God says about himself. What role does the Holy Spirit play in your salvation? Okay, Turn to uh, Ephesians 1 if you have your Bible. Ephesians 1. We're going to hit some of these together. Ephesians chapter 1 is a rich scripture. In him, in Christ, you also, look at the progression here, you also after what? Hearing or listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, did they just hear it? What did they do? Hearing it, believing it, what else does it say? You were sealed. Okay, you were sealed in Christ. How? With the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is given as a pledge. Okay, so back to our, our diagram. We become a believer. We repent, we believe, we believe, repent, whatever the process is there. That happens. Holy Spirit immediately comes, takes residence inside of us. The Spirit testifies that we are children of God and we are sealed. That salvation is sealed. It is done. It is finished. It is accomplished. You are saved you are being saved. The Holy Spirit is working that out in you. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to, oh, I lost the ghost. I got to go back and get the ghost. That's what someone I know used to say. No losing the ghost. Not a, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer, but I went out and partied a little too hard on the weekend or I went and did this on the weekend, or I've lived my life in this since I was 12 or 13. I was a believer, but then I did all of this stuff. Sealed. And not only sealed, but it's a down payment of what's to come. That's what the rest of that verse means. That the hope of glory that you have as a result is amazing because of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Look at what Romans 8 says again about it. Remember, I love that passage. Romans 8. There's this huge contrast in Romans 6, 7, and 8. Those who are in Adam or still in sin and those who are in the, in the spirit. In Adam, in the spirit. Okay? Look at what he says in Romans 8, verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh. If you are a child of God, you are no longer in the flesh. You're not in the flesh, but in the, in the spirit. So if you're in Adam, you're in the flesh. But if you're in the spirit, oh, awesome. If, if what? Yeah. If. If, 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 if indeed the Spirit of God dwells, remember, is inside of you, 
But if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, what? Yeah. He does not belong to Christ. Contrast. You're in the flesh. You don't belong to God. You're in the Spirit. You have Christ. You got the Spirit and you got Christ. You're sealed. Let's look at what verse 11 says. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. That was verse 11. Let's look at that. What does it mean? Let's take you, okay? Let's take your personality. Let's take your struggle. Let's take whatever issue you're dealing with right now. Some of you saw the video that some of us were posting this week of Romans 6 and how there's so many Christians who murmur. That's such a gross word. They murmur. Everybody say murmur. Murmur. Another word is they grumble. Okay? They murmur and murmur and murmur about, I don't have victory in Christ. I still have such a problem with this. I still have some issues with this. And the guy in the video says, I see so much murmuring, but so little, remember the word, war. When are we going to realize that it's about the war? When are we going to realize that it's not about, I come to church on Sunday, I get all cute, I get all powdered up and all that kind of stuff, or I put on my suit, and that makes me a Christian. When are we going to get that it's the spirit that indwells us that causes us to make war? That's Romans 6. And it talks about in this video, when it's a wartime, we have some military people in here. When it's wartime, what's the difference between wartime and peacetime? Peace you train, it's all a training exercise. You're training for going to the war, but in wartime, Chris, what's war like? Brutal. Your senses are heightened. The enemy could be around you anywhere. The video talks about how you hear the twigs snap and you're you're ready to go to action. War. That's what the Spirit of God does inside of us. But look at how it describes the Spirit of God. Verse 11. Go back one slide for me. But if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. What kind of power is that? Holy power. Yeah. What kind of power? Hardcore? Powerful. Great job. Anything else? Sovereign? Supernatural? Okay, so let's level this. Let's take this from observation to interpretation. What does this mean for my life? Give me a sin. Stealing. I have a problem with stealing, you know. I know that it's wrong. I know I'm not supposed to do it. I know that it, it can get me in a lot of trouble. But you know what? There's this rush that comes from stealing. And I'm just enslaved to it. I know it's wrong. Does that person have the mindset of the power that resides in them, in Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit? No. Now, not a lot of us have a problem with stealing, right? Except you have some chairs you need to bring back. (laughs) What else? (laughs) Okay. What else? What's our sermon series on on Sundays? Okay. Let's take that one. Lust. 
can't do it. I try, and I try, and I try, can't do it. What is that person not getting? This verse. That the same spirit, the same person that rose Christ from the dead, supernatural death, victory over the grave, it looked impossible situation that that resides in you to give you life and victory. What if that person who is struggling with lust all the time got the fact that the Spirit of God resides in them? What would be different? Their behavior. Huh? What do you mean, Ben? Yeah, excellent. So he said, you, you see the girl, you look at her, and you have this moment where it's like, Holy Spirit is inside of me. Holy, Holy Spirit is inside of me. Bounce the eyes. Mind of Christ. Nice. She's your sister. That's good. That's what my soccer coach used to say all the time. She's your sister. That's good. Is there any sin that is hopeless? I can't get out of it. No. Spirit of God lives inside. Now, look at this last verse. This is all Romans 8 again. Great thing for you to unpack. All who are being led by the Spirit of God are children of God, sons of God. All who are being what? Led by the Spirit of God. How is this possible? How can you live this life? You're led by the Spirit of God. You want to know if you're a child of God? How do you know according to this verse? Litmus test. Am I being led by the Spirit of God? Litmus test. Romans. And is the Spirit testifying within me that I'm a child of God? Yes or no? Black or white, right? Yeah. That's why he gives us the spirit to know these things. Okay, let's keep going. This is good stuff. Turn to John chapter 14. This is, if you are a child of God, this is what happened to you at salvation. This is not something where you accept Christ as a young child and then you get serious about your faith later on in your life and this switch goes off, and you receive the Holy Spirit. This is, I have accepted Christ. I believe, I repent, Holy Spirit is inside of me, now I walk. Now I'm led. The Spirit testifies that I'm a child of God. Okay? John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and John chapter 16 are all about the Holy Spirit. This is right before Christ. Christ, this is like the last stuff Christ is getting into his disciples before he's out. Okay? Look at what he says in verse 16. I, Jesus, will ask the Father, and he will give you another... What's the word? Counselor. Anybody else have anything different? Helper. Advocate. Advocate, comforter, helper. The word is paraclete. Not just a, oh, comforter. That sounds kind of pansy, right? Oh, comforter. The Holy Spirit's a comforter. I really had a problem with this when I was, when I was figuring out all this kind of stuff. Uh, comforter? It sounds very pansy. The strengthener. 
the one who comes alongside of you and fights the battle. That's what Jesus is talking about. I will ask the Father and will give you another strengthener, counselor, comforter, and he will be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him, the spirit, or know him. But you know the spirit because he abides with you and will be where? In you. Verse 19, after a little while, the world will behold me, Jesus, no more. But you will behold me because I live, you shall live also. In that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Lots of back and forth stuff there. But the helper, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, what? Teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Verse 27, peace, I, Jesus, leave with you. My peace I give to you. From that verse, from those verses, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Protector, teacher, guides, spirit of peace and Truth, right? Has he come yet in this context? No, when's he going to come? When Jesus goes up, Holy Spirit comes down. Excellent. Let's talk about this. When we receive Christ, he brings new life into us by the Spirit. It's all about the Spirit of God residing within you. There's tons of references to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, and you need to pay attention to all of them. Here's a couple of highlighted ones for you. The Spirit of God also, when we become a believer, sanctifies us. Remember Colossians said he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved Son? That's called setting us apart. He puts us over here, out of the world. We're different. 1 Thessalonians says that, or 2 Thessalonians. Look at what it says in John 16. The same Spirit goes out into the world, convicts the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. If you have recently come to know Jesus, do you know how you've come to know Jesus? The Spirit of God has convicted you concerning sin. The Spirit of God has convicted you concerning what it means to be righteous and the fact that you are not righteous. And the Spirit of God is going to show the world what judgment looks like. That's in John 16. He also guides us into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative. All of those things. What I want us to press into tonight in our time together left, the Spirit of life. The spirit of life. Everybody say that phrase for me, please. The spirit of life. Here's some quick flybys of what this means, okay? We talked about repentance, how I was an immoral person. Then I flip it, and I'm now pure in the beloved. We talked about all of those different flip moments of repentance. This is also true for them. Second Corinthians 517. What does it say? If you are in Christ, what are you? You're new. What does that mean? The old stuff. Sorry, remember here to the side of the room. The old stuff is still over here. Are you over here? No. Where are you? Behold. All things have become new. If it's old, it's old. Leave it over there. If it's new, you're a new create, creation. Created in Christ Jesus. That's huge. Spirit of life is inside of you. Turn to 1 John 5. We're doing like machine gun Bible tonight. I'm sorry. 1 John 5. 
I love the book of 1 John. It's what I studied when I became a believer, when the Spirit of God impressed upon me that I was not a believer. 1 John 5. Turn to verse 11. I have some children, apparently. It's probably my daughter. Verse 11. And the witness is this. I want you to pay attention to the word life here, okay? And the witness is this. That God has given us eternal life. How do we have eternal life? In his son. He who has the Son has life. Contrast, back to our side of the room. He who does not have the Son, no life. He who has the Son has life. He who doesn't have the Son, no life. That, that's too pretty, though. What's the opposite of life? Death. He who does not have the Son has eternal death. Verse 20, go to verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding in order that we might know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. What is eternal life about? Is it about just heaven What's it about, Katie? Jesus. The phrase, just give me Jesus. That's what eternal life is about. If you think eternal life is just about going to heaven, uh, that, that's a perk. But the reason why it's going to be awesome is because who's there? Jesus. Awesome. Kicker verse, though. He who has the Son has life. He who doesn't have the Son has death. He has transferred us from the kingdom. He has grabbed us. We believe, we participate, and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son. We have the right. He gave us the ability to become children of God because we believe. And believing, we have life in his name. I'm putting all these together for us, okay? We have, over in this category, the spirit of God testifies within us what? We're children of God. If we're in this category, what don't we have? No spirit. I'm picking on you a lot tonight. No spirit of God. And so no testimony that... Yeah. No life. No spirit. No testimony that you're children of God. Okay, over here, spirit leads us and we're sons of God. Life and peace. This category over here... No peace. You haven't been justified by faith, so there's no peace. What else? Death. Just in the future? Eternal. Wow. Man, this is intense. Jesus is our life. Jesus is, you know, you hear the phrase, Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our Savior, and we need to add one more to that. Jesus is our life. Now, let me read a couple of these to you. Ron, don't worry about one of these. Romans 5, 10. Just, just kind of think about these, okay? Life. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Romans 5.10. Romans 6.4. Therefore, we have been buried with him. Think of baptism here, okay? We've been buried with Christ in baptism, into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Anybody ever wondered why they always say, you know, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism. And then what's the next phrase? Raised to walk in newness of life. Welcome to the family. 
Do you ever wonder what that means? What does it mean to be, to have the newness of life? What's that mean? Question number one. You have the Spirit of God. All those things we've been talking about have happened. You're now in this category. Clean slate. Sins forgiven. Changed mindset. Amanda, what's it mean? New creation created in Christ Jesus. What else? You live like Jesus. Now, Joe, you just took it from, I could deal with sins forgiven, but live like Jesus? What do you mean? Yeah. 1 John 2, verse 6. 1 John 2, verse 6. Joe, you're awesome. The one who says he abides in Christ ought himself to walk as Jesus walked. Oh, man. You know the application question that's coming, right? What's the question? No, not how do you. Are you walking like Jesus? How do you know how Jesus walked? Are you in the Word? Can you know how Jesus walked if you're not getting to know Jesus through the Word? Let me, let me show you how Jesus walked. I'll give you a little example. Let me read these to you real quickly too. Uh, Colossians 1 verse 10 says the same thing basically. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing, constantly increasing in the knowledge of God. Not, oh, I know enough about Jesus to get to heaven, but constantly walk in a manner worthy of your calling. That's a big deal. That's different than forgiven. That's manner worthy of my calling. What's it mean to please God? Let me read this one to you. Galatians 2.20. A lot of you know this one. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. The life I live now in the flesh. It's not my own. I now live through Christ. To the glory of God the Father. It says all of it says the same thing. Let me read one more to you. Jesus, how did he do this? Let me show you the secret of this. Okay? In this bag, I have the secret. This is my man purse, as you call it. I have the secret of the Christian life. Okay? Um, and the sunglasses. That's not the secret. Your, your Mac computer is not the secret. Um, I have the secret. What are these? Gloves. What do you use gloves for in Dallas, Texas? <laughs> Accessories. Okay, awesome. <laughs> what, what do you use these for? Okay, now watch. Imagine, please... That this is you, okay? This is you, domain of darkness, you. It's there on the floor. You need to be walking in holiness. You need to look like Jesus. You need to stop lusting. You need to stop stealing. You need to stop drinking constantly. You need to stop being so selfish and so into yourself that that's all you care about is you. You are so bitter, so angry, you need to change. And the poor little glove. I mean, you got to hand it to the glove. No pun. Uh-huh. Can it do it? Pam, thank you for laughing. Can you do it? Can it do it? Why? There's no form. There's no, there's no hand 
inside it. I wish I could say that this was mine. This is uh, an amazing person that you need to know. Major, oh, I always forget his name. I wrote it down. Major Ian Thomas, in his book, The Saving Life of Christ, talks about this. This is you. This is you before Christ. You cannot change. You cannot do it on your own. You can't beat lust. You can't beat pornography. You can't beat any of those things on your own. Do you know that? Why? Because in order for the glove to work, it's got to have the life inside of it, right? So now, whatever the life inside of it says to do, it does. Pick up the chair. Pick up the chair. Shake Nairi's hand. Nice. Give her a high five. That's what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The life you have is not your own. It's Christ inside of you through the Holy Spirit. You want to fight against pornography? You can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit. You can try as hard as you want to do it, but the Holy Spirit has to do it in and through you. You partner, you let the life of Christ be the life of Christ in you. You get out of the way. It's the same with lying. It's the same with bulimia. It's the same with any type of sin. The Holy Spirit has to come and live inside. The new creation has to have life inside of it. Dumb example? Yeah. Does it get the point? Some of you, for years, were that. And you walk the aisle. And you thought, I'm a believer. But as we've looked at the gospel, you have seen what a life in Christ looks like. You have seen what the sacrifice for sin has looked like. And you have seen what repentance looks like. You've seen what faith looks like. You've seen what true belief looks like. And as a result, one conversation, I'm not a disciple I want to be a disciple. Holy Spirit comes in the glove. Now, that person is a disciple maker. Or a person who's struggling with alcohol. Recent story. I don't know the gospel. I thought I knew it. I don't know the gospel. I know it, but I don't know it. I want to become a follower of Jesus. Holy Spirit inside. Now that person is waging war with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the word of God, and is an immediate disciple maker. That's what it's about. Sadly, there are also individuals who say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to surrender. I'll come to church, but I'm not ready. Man. Domain of darkness. Life. Agony, war. Peace. Not everything's great, peace, but peace in God's sovereignty and knowing, you know what? There's more to this life. There must be something more. What I uh, challenge you to do and what I'm excited to do with you is as we unpack how the gospel is going to change us and then how we're going to change our community with the gospel, I'm excited to see how God is going to do that through the Holy Spirit. I'm excited to see that as we've looked at the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit has changed, I mean changed, some of y'all's lives. Rock on. That's what it is all about. We've seen a few. Is that good enough? No. We should see a whole lot more. And that's what I'm excited about. I want to pray for you. Um, Thank you for enduring my dumb example. But think about it. The next time you are engaged in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy, using the word of God, remember, the spirit of God is inside of you. 
flip side of that, the Holy Spirit testifies we're children of God. If you're at that place where it's like, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I've gone through the motions. I don't know what that looks like. I don't have peace. The war is not over between me and God. I'm still at enmity with God. Man, let's talk. It's happened countless times here on Wednesday nights where we've had that conversation. We've nailed it down. It's done. Welcome to the family, child of God. Let's pray. Father, we are amazed at who you are. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead now lives inside of us. If we are children of God, there is nothing that is too difficult because we have the Holy Spirit. Father, just as Jesus did everything to please the Father, he did nothing of his own initiative. Father, I ask that you would teach us what it means to live the life that is led by the Spirit of God. Father, show us as we look to your word, as we're in community with one another, and as we are building this urgency for the gospel for the people that are around us, Lord, we ask that you would do an amazing work. Lord, we ask for all of those people that have come along the way and they said, this is not for me. I do not want, I don't want this. Lord, we ask that you, even now, would move in their hearts. We ask that you would use us to share and to live the gospel. And Father, for those people that are in this room that may not know you, Father, I ask that you would continue to pull them. And I ask that they would get the guts to say, I have tried everything that I can do. I surrender to Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would do that in more people's lives. Tonight, thank you for your word. I've asked John to sing this prayer over us. And it's a new song, and I know that. But I ask that you would kind of just prayerfully reflect on everything that we talked about tonight. And again, I know it's been a machine gun type of thing. Death or life? War, agony, or peace? And man, we want to ask God to do so much more. And that's what this song is about.